What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funny Screencast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the big dog, Kevin Coelho. Oh, you know what I mean? The sad boy himself, Bear Courtney. This is the way. This is the way. And Chastity Vicencio <laughs> from GameSpot Universe. The way. What's up, y'all? <laughs> What's the energy we're bringing today, guys? Come on, man. We just watched uh, an amazing episode of Mandalorian. Yes, we're going to talk about yeah, that in the latter, half, the latter half of this show, because this is kind of funny screencast, <laughs> where each and every week we come together to talk about all of the movie, entertainment, TV news that you need to know. And then at the end of the episode, we review the latest episode of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Uh, I want to let you know that you can get this show live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygame or you can watch it later at your leisure at youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com if you want to listen to it we're a podcast search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast it will be right there for you to leave your five-star reviews your two thumbs up reviews and no other type of reviews get out of here you guys another opinion get out of here Mm -hmm. go Mm -hmm. again thank you Thank you. And uh, if you want to support us financially, we would very much appreciate that Mm because you can get the show ad-free by going to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producers, Jeremy the Zook, Zuccarello did, James Davis, a.k.a. at James Davis Makes, Andrew Feisner, and the Simply Sassy crew. Shout out to all of you for helping make this and all of our other morning shows happen here at kind of funny a uh, little housekeeping for you you can go to kind of funny.com slash store to check out all of our latest merch we just had the uh ps i love you bomber jackets go up the urban hiking shirts go up there's a bunch of sales going on it's a good time to check out kind of funny.com slash store but let's get right into the news story number one is something that uh we've been waiting for for quite a long time wandavision the first MCU yes, yes, Disney yes, Plus yes. TV show, the first entry uh-huh. into the MCU since Spider-Man Far From Home way back July last year is coming. January a different time, a different 15th. I know, right? January 15th. We will have went the entirety of 2020 without a single new MCU entry. Obviously, that sucks. Obviously, there's so much shit in the world that is horrible. But it's just wild we got think about. Endgame. Yeah, it, it's it's wild it's to crazy. think about. Like this is the first year in probably since two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, wow. we haven't mm-hmm. gotten an MCU movie. It's which funny because I, I feel like a bunch of people were complaining, insane. like, "Oh, there's so many of them coming out." Well, there you go. Now we're getting a break. I guess. Yeah, and it was a, it was a break at the perfect <laughs> and what time. What a horrible right? year it's yeah. been. Can we blame it yeah. only on this? No, but like partially, you know. <laughs> at least. We, at least- Endgame came out. Imagine if Endgame was yeah. to come out in 2020 and mm. how heartbreaking that would be that we didn't get to see it. So we're, we're fine. This is the perfect time for it. It's okay. Yeah, because like we got Endgame and then we got Far From Home, which was just that nice little epilogue to uh, you know the entire Infinity Saga. And then we just had this break that was kind of – that was forced. But obviously not mm-hmm. the plan. Black Widow was supposed to come out just months after that. Um, or not months. I guess it was a – quite a bit of months over originally in May of the next year. Uh, but then there was just going to be this steady kind of candor, cadence of of all the MCU stuff. But we, we've had this force break, and now we know that WandaVision's coming. We all kind of expected it uh, 2020, even regardless of these delays, because they straight up said it's coming 2020. Uh, I, but they lied. I thought that was a stretch, yeah. They put that in the promo, and it's like some point 2020, like they're really trying to get this done. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to do post-production Totally. 
uh, and even production. This, uh, this alongside yeah. a lot of the other shows, got delayed shooting wise because of a lot of the COVID stuff. I think WandaVision was further along, and it had a lot more. A lot of more of it was shot in a studio that they can kind of control. Whereas uh, we know Falcon and Winter Soldier was a lot of that was either in Prague or uh, Atlanta. So um, there were some issues there. But what's interesting to me about this is that like there, the cover of Entertainment Weekly this week was uh wandavision and even in that they're saying it's 2020 so it's like man this must have been a game time decision uh because now this is date now like i actually feel pretty pretty firm about this and uh there's a lot of reasons for that we'll get into in a second but i just want to say i'm kind of happy january 15th like i would have taken it this year for sure but I like that this gives us kind of the holidays and a nice reset point next year to have something to look forward to, have Mandalorian kind of ride us out for the rest of this year and then and then come in hard next year. I feel like they were always going to put it right after the Mandalorian anyway. So if it did come in 2020, I was expecting it the week after the Mandalorian, which mm-hmm. would have been hard to cover. So I'm very pleased that it's coming out in January so we can all take our like Christmas breaks. But yeah, I, I am not surprised that it's coming out in January. But I think it will. I think they're not going to push it anymore. I think this is it. Yeah, the I fact that they've given agree. given like an exact date at this point. Like I was always wary of actual 2020 because like that's all they said was 2020. And um, yeah, when we were coming down to the wire, like I was even thinking about this like a week or two ago. I was like, this is probably not coming out until like February. I'm glad it's closer, but um, yeah. So remember, uh, this was actually supposed to be the second or I guess technically third thing we got from MCU in 2020 because originally it was going to be Black Widow and then Falcon and Winter Soldier and then WandaVision with Loki following suit after that. So a lot of the the evidence and kind of understanding people have is that the reason, not just production-wise, that WandaVision is coming out first is they can't have Falcon and Winter Soldier come out until after Black Widow because there's going to be some type of story beats that are important to be set up in that that order so mm-hmm. that's that's did, pretty interesting did we ever get dates on the uh anthology elsewhere what what yeah, if what if no okay. but yeah, we've always known that to be later after these in yeah that was going to be like further down the line yeah, yeah. so summer 2021 has that one's one of the few shows to technically not get delayed so far right from when people expected it to come. Uh, but I found a tweet. With WandaVision now set to premiere in January uh, 2021, there are now eight MCU movies and shows scheduled to release that year. Jesus Christ. So we got WandaVision, which the uh, January 15th, 2021 set. Then Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, they're in post-production now. Don't know a release date. Loki, still filming. But uh, there was a report this morning saying that they only have about two weeks left of filming and it's going really well. Uh, Black Widow. Set right now for May 7th, 2021. Uh, then what if summer 2021 that is still in production, but since it's animation, that's kind of a bit more probable to be able to actually happen given the corona situation. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings set for July 9th, 2021. That is in post-production at Rap Filming two weeks ago in San Francisco. Not a single case of corona in the entire shoot. Good for them. Yep. Eternals set for November 5th, 2021. That is also in post-production. That was supposed to have come out last week. Whoa, that's <laughs> wild. In yeah. a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of parallel universes, Spider-Man 3, uh, December 17th, 2021. They are still filming that. Supposedly filming is going very well so far. So we'll see. Obviously, a lot of this has to do with theaters and will they be open and what that looks mm-hmm. like, but... 
they just need to give in to him. They just need to give in to the digital era. Don't say that. Like, I still want to go to theaters. Like, I I would like to experience these movies in theaters when possible. You know what I mean? Like, there's a magic to it that I miss. The the thing is, though, is, like, them holding these releases until theaters can come back in maybe six months, maybe a year. Like, that's not going to help theaters either way. Like, theaters Mm -hmm. are going to be dying out because of... The COVID crisis um, and them holding their movies for theatrical releases is not going to help that. Now here's Honestly, the thing: like, here's the a Black Widow movie is so overdue that they should just put it on digital at this point. Like uh, it's been. I'll pay the thirty. I'll pay the thirty long. extra. No, bucks I know. On yeah, Disney it's true. Plus, and we know. would all. I think we're all like down to do it. The bigger <laughs> thing, Kevin. Obviously, I'm with you with Team Theater till I die. But uh, Marvel specifically are in a very interesting spot where they can't keep releasing their shows until they release some of the movies so that's where we kind of get held up where it's not just them holding off for the true theatrical experience they're holding off on their streaming service which is the only thing kind of keeping them really afloat financially right now very interesting uh, follow-up story here to continue this conversation uh disney had their q4 earnings call uh two days ago In reporting a Q4 loss of $710 million, 2020 marked the first annual loss for Disney in more than 40 years. Consecutive quarterly losses brought on by the pandemic marked the first time Disney reported a quarterly loss since 2001. Uh, But CEO Bob Chappick also revealed there are now 73.7 million Disney Plus subscribers, uh, an increase of over 16 million versus Q3. So Disney Plus... Still booming. like booming. booming, super rising, and still getting new subscribers. A lot of people yeah. have been being like, oh, they're all there from the beginning. But that's not the case. That's a pretty significant increase. So the, I think that the, the it makes a lot of sense for us to get these movies on. Because like right now, what? Disney is hemorrhaging money with uh, movie theaters, right? Like they're, they're not releasing their big movies. And Disneyland and stuff is closed down. Uh, so you have to imagine – it makes a lot of sense for them to put these premium things that people want, that people will sign up for. And it's also people of like all ages are, are interested in these movies. And if they release the movies, they can release the shows, giving yeah. Disney Plus that extra like big thing of like maybe it gives people an excuse to have it for the next year, year and a half. You know? Mm-hmm. And Kev? Sounds like that's exactly what's going to happen. A lot of interesting stuff here. After Disney declined to offer real conversation on its grand Mulan PVOD experiment when it decided against charging a premium price for the upcoming Pixar movie Soul, which is now releasing on Christmas Day, it raised the question, was the digitally released Mulan a flop? The answer, according to Disney CEO Bob Chappick, is definitely not. In fact, Mulan was so successful that the studio is planning to use the release strategy as a model for future movies, uh, the chief executive said during the company's Q4 earnings call Thursday. The film was available only to paid Disney Plus subscribers who paid an extra $30 for the film. However, Chappick revealed that controversy surrounding the live-action remake had a negative impact on its performance that was very clear when that stuff came to be after the, the fact of release. I, I think I said exactly this, I think, the last time we talked about Mulan. It was like... It, it, it's not that they release it digitally that hurt it. It was the bullshit around that movie that hurt it. <laughs> so it sounds like it didn't hurt it enough because, quote, we saw enough very positive results before that controversy started to know that we've got something here in terms of the premier access strategy. Uh, what we've learned with Mulan is there's going to be a role for it strategically within our portfolio of offerings. Again, we're going to talk more about that at the investor conference December 10th. So 
December 10th, expect to hear what we're getting next from this Premier Access thing. Mm. And let me tell you guys, with we know Soul's Black coming Widow. Christmas. Yeah. What's left? Black Widow and Raya, The Last Dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is, just, is Soul being handled the same way as Mulan? Like, or, or do we have to pay extra for no, that? No, no, no. That's what they're saying. In a year where every one of Disney's quarterly earning calls has offered huge news, the Q4 call was unusually quiet as the company plans for its December 10th Investor Day, which will offer a deep dive into the company's ever-important streaming strategy. Chapik suggested this decision to make Soul available on Disney Plus for no additional charge on December 25th was not due to the performance of Mulan, but rather a way to add value to the Disney Plus yeah. library. Quote, we thought it was a really nice gesture to our subscribers to take Soul during the holiday period and provide that as a part of the service. But stay tuned to December 10th for more on Premiere Access. They're building a narrative here, Yeah, man. but I wonder if that has more to do with the performance of, uh, what was the last break? Uh, Onward. Like, I wonder if Onward didn't show a giant push. Because it was available basically for free right out of the get-go. Maybe after a month after release, right? Like a yeah. month. Yeah. It was a month later. So just one of those things, like, I wonder if Pixar's movies aren't, like, they don't have that massive pull, maybe. Because, you know what I mean? Like, they're they're great movies, but they got to motivate the right audience to get going. And I think it's more of, like, word of mouth once it's there. And that's why throwing it on uh, Disney Plus right right away sounds, you know, makes a lot of sense. Maybe it was an already established series. Right, right. Yeah, something that's actually, yeah. Since this is new, and I I feel like not a lot of people would throw $30 at Something that they're right, not, they're not sure familiar about or with. have never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. But so what do you guys think? What does this mean? It, like they have now reiterated a couple times in this that December 10th, stay tuned for more premiere access information. Like that, there's no way they come out and just say, oh yeah, we're going to do more. Like there has it's, to be a statement, uh, right? We, we, Black Widow, I think. Yeah. I um, think Black Widow will be announced for I, digital. I, I, think I think that'll get, probably be like February moving. or March. I think we get well, – I don't even know if this would be right for investor meeting. But at the same time, like, what, there's no D23 coming around anytime soon, right? right. So, so like, these investor meeting, this – just kind of, just so you know, this uh-huh. is the same type of investor meeting where they announced um, uh, Miss Marvel and She-Hulk and uh, Moon Knight. So this is a major – this is kind of it, – it's but, a, a, yeah. a web-based investor meeting. It's a public-facing yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I feel like – it would be really cool if we get another big event where, like, hey, these are all the shows that we have and all the movies, and these are dates, and we get two movies that are coming out. That would be really, really cool. And then, you know, in eight, like, let's say six months, they reassess and see, like, where the world's at and if they want to keep doing this and, like, how the numbers are and put out more movies this way. It'd be wild. It would be wild. And I, I don't think we're, that's going to be the case. I do think Mulan – or, sorry, Black Widow is – Right now, for me, it's 50%. I just want it. And 50%, like, it is the only thing that makes sense for how they're talking right here. And because like, that would allow them. Have, what, right. what else do they have in their lineup right now where they can it be, be like, Raya. Wait, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm not, yeah. Which is the first movie coming out theatrically. Technically, that date is earlier than Black Widow at this point. Okay. okay. Also, Raya had to deal with a recasting of their main character with uh, Kelly Marie Tran coming in to uh, do that. So that's a lot more work on the. Take it over from Micro Steel. I didn't realize yeah. that that was recast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah, right. Steel, Steel right? man. Yeah. Manny from Degrassi. Never forget. I never will. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I can imagine this kind of being the case where they come out, they announce Black Widow's coming as a premier access thing with some date because then that would allow them to do WandaVision, Black Widow, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
which is awesome. <laughs> like, I that want be, that, that so bad. Really crazy. I really want to watch you don't think, and Winter Soldier. You don't think that they announced that um, Spider, or wait, no, what am I saying? Black Widow. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right, right, the first Raya. Raya. Yeah. Raya. Both of those are coming out, and then actual dates that, that they're going to, that are built around that for the Marvel series. I mean, meeting. I don't think they can put dates on Marvel. I don't think you can put dates on stuff at this point. Like, any well, I mean, date but is the Marvel series is Disney Plus, so like I. But even even those where we're at right now, they're not done. You know what I mean? Wandavision is the only one that they're like we feel confident. In. I think Falcon and Winter Soldier will be close enough, and Loki mm-hmm. will be close enough. I don't think that within can, a like, month by December tenth, they're ready. Like with yeah, like they tried with Wandavision, they could maybe attach a month to. Mm. The release of Falcon Winter Soldier and then change it again if they want, but they can't put a date on it yet. And I also don't I don't think they need to, because I think that like we know that it's coming, and us as insiders know that Falcon and Winter Soldier has to happen after Black Widow. So it's kind of like they can just focus on WandaVision and Black Widow and then bring the hype for Falcon. But can you imagine how much excitement there will be for Disney Plus? Which like I feel like it came out. There was some excitement, and then it died down, and I feel like it's been really quiet with the exception of Mandalorian for us talking and about it. Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, and Hamilton. You're right. You're yeah. right. And it's just one of those things that like, I feel like they need to come in and be like, hey, we aren't going to just be doing two releases a year. There is more stuff happening, and here's the lineup for it of things that like you will get with the, the Disney Plus or you know, just with, with the base thing. And also, these movies will be available for a premium cost in these dates. I, I feel like that's what we need. Temple, like, events. And I think that we need soon and just in the next three months that they can set stuff up to be like, this is what it looks like. We'll do another meeting at the yeah. end of this quarter. That'd be great. But and set a cadence to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of agree with you, Kevin, on, like, they probably looked at this year and realized, of like, oh, yeah, the only time people talked about this platform which is like kind of our big money maker with covid right now uh was hamilton and now mandalorian and so like i i wouldn't be surprised if we end up getting black widow um hopefully sooner than expected and uh like the shows and stuff um so they they can be a part of that conversation because yeah like i've barely touched disney plus this year for sure but I mean, you guys can say that, but the numbers. That's the thing. So. Yeah, they, they have the numbers. No one That's talking true. about it. Cool. They're paying for it. <laughs> they're signing up. So uh, anyway, you know what people aren't signing up and paying for? HBO Max. So meanwhile, in DC land, there's some other stories here. So six weeks before Wonder Woman 1984 is scheduled to open in theaters on Christmas, Warner Brothers executives are considering whether to push the highly anticipated superhero sequel to the summer of 2021 or to keep the movie at its December 25th theatrical debut and then put it on HBO Max streaming service in early January. According to sources with knowledge of the plans, this would cause strife with theaters and partnerships, but that is what they're currently weighing. A cursory theatrical release would still support exhibitors on the knife's edge of collapse while also boosting subscriber growth for HBO Max. Wonder Woman was supposed to be a billion-dollar grossing global sensation. Any theatrical release next month would pale in comparison, uh, a lesson the studio already learned the hard way with Tenet. With news that a COVID vaccine could be ready to disseminate through the first half of 2021, Warner Brothers Brass are still considering pushing it back to a summer release date, possibly in June, which would bump a new line cinema horror horror title, or July, which would bump the new Space Jam movie with LeBron James. It's interesting. You know, and I, I think that the the bit that they're talking about about the balance of 
uh, keeping the theaters happy, keeping the theaters afloat, but also getting the benefit and not losing out on a shit ton of money. Mm. Where do they go? Yeah, that's a tough decision. Yeah, th- this is a really interesting one. I mean, I feel like it makes the most sense to wait, but at the same time, like these people are <laughs> like, you know, th- there's a lot of money not coming in when it's supposed to, and a billion dollars is a big number. Uh, it's crazy. HBO Max is is probably my favorite streaming service right now. Like it's the one I'm enjoying the most, and I find myself going to and finding different stuff all the time. Yeah, I, there was a whole article that I, I didn't pull out of the stats from this, but essentially, like they are struggling right now to uh, see the type of growth that we that are seen on all the other major mm-hmm. streaming platforms. It's not that they're failing. I, I think that they're going to be fine for yeah, quite yeah, a, yeah. a while. Okay, it's just the what like the the Lovecraft Country, such a good show. They, they, they've been making good stuff. I'm all about that. And they, they also mm. like recirculate movies in a cool way. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is another one where it's like it'd be cool to like watch this movie. Yeah, like, totally. I, I don't I don't know that like a movie release will perform a billion dollars in the next year and a half. You know? Yeah, maybe totally. even like two years. Good point. So it's one of those things where it's maybe like just be realistic, guys. <laughs> maybe do the premium on HBO Max. Like, clearly other companies are doing it, you know what I mean? Have it available for renting, like, through Voodoo or something and you know, see how much that Do you think they're in. also keeping an eye on what they do with Black Widow over on Disney Plus? I think at this point, it's less about thinking about competition and more about thinking of self-preservation. Because I do think it's them looking at theaters and they're not balancing going up against other guys. I think they're balancing going up against... if. Like the strategy of keeping theaters afloat so one day they can make a billion dollars again. Because if they let theaters die, then they won't have that revenue source ever again, right? So Mm -hmm. there is this kind of like need to keep both sides happy. But with that, there also is a a need to give people the content to keep making more content. So we're just hitting this weird point with a lot of the 2020 movies that have gotten pushed that – we got to shit, shit or get off the pot because they're just sitting there not making money, uh, which is money that is necessary to fund the next movie yeah. round of, of movies. So we'll see. And we won't have to wait too long because December 25th is six weeks away. I just never saw that happening. I, I just don't think it's going to be released on Christmas. But what if they that would be- release like the full cut in theaters and a shorter cut on digital? That's such a weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Why would that be a good solution? I don't know. Just to like motivate people to still go to the theaters instead of just staying home. I don't know. But it's it's a weird one. I don't know what to do. That's a big problem, and I would. I'm glad I'm not in charge. Exactly. I I feel like with with the trend that we've got going on with COVID right now, uh, a lot of cities are rolling things back. And I don't know, like, I, I know that in the Bay Area, very recently, theaters opened back up. And then they closed. And then, yeah, they closed this week again. So it's one of those yeah. things that it's like, it would be stupid to release it, right? In theaters right now. Like, there's no way it makes enough money to make up for how much it costs to make. But that being mm-hmm. said, maybe for tax purposes, m- using a, a massive loss would be helpful i i don't know see like that's where it's like yeah the, the real i mean business... I, I think that stuff's all true and that they're definitely would have to take all that in consideration but there is a thing of if they like they're saying here if they released it 
on Christmas, got whatever money they could, especially from overseas that have laxer rules and stuff uh, when it comes to being able to go to theaters, make that theater money, but then also get HBO Max. Like that's the only way it can release an HBO Max is if they put it out in theaters first. So wait, but why? Because of the deals, because of like how the all the licensing, yeah, like contracts, all, all, like already drawn contracts between um, Warner Brothers and theater companies. It's crazy they can't so, get that shit. So that's the thing is like the, the exciting news to us is if it does end up hitting December 25th, we could probably expect to watch Wonder Woman in the first couple months of 2021. So mm. that's something. Um, then more DC stuff here. We got some Justice League stories for you guys. Zack Snyder's Ooh. Justice League. Uh, new surprises for Zack Snyder's Justice League are teased for the film's third anniversary which is November 17th, so four days from now. Uh, Cinematographer Fabian Wagner took it to his official Instagram account to share a new photo of Snyder holding up a prop of a bomb. While there's nothing too really big to look at on itself on the image, it's the caption that's drawing attention as it claims that there will be surprises that, quote, Zach is going to drop on November 17th, which is the anniversary date of Justice League. Um, We'll see what that could look like the most interesting thing i don't know if you guys have seen this or heard about it but remember the justice league snyder cut trailer came out during uh mm-hmm. fandom it's gone really yeah they, they took, took it, it down line mm-hmm. wow which is weird and uh there's been speculation that the- it was in the wrong aspect ratio it's just That's it's so bizarre weird. there's been no reason why and like the the theory is that it's some music licensing stuff but um regardless it's gone so the the thoughts right now are that a new trailer is going to drop or a reformatted trailer or something on november 17th um, and then other random stuff zach snyder reveals that he already has ideas for justice league too quote if you said to any of the actors in the movie well what happens in the movie or what happens later or whatever for any movie and they go well i got a script and it's cool and i kind of know this and so ray porter and i were talking about this and what's cool or what's the right response to some questions what is being said here guys what the fuck is being said i don't know man it's a fair question (laughs) back to the quote it's a fair question to ask me you know like what do i say to the world about you know what happens when dark side comes to earth then what you know is that a thing and i think listen the truth is that did i write and did i have to conceive a complete do i know what happens when dark side yes i do know what happens to say to speculate about what that is and what that would be exciting i think that's a fine thing what the hell did he just say to us has he ever read a comic book who is so, this man so ray <laughs> porter is playing dark side right yeah yeah Wait, no. No, 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 no. No, no, I'm, I'm looking it up yeah. right now. Zack Snyder's Justice League TV miniseries, Dark Side, Ray Porter. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Oh, wait, who who's Cyborg's actor? What's his name? Not Ray Porter. Also Ray. <laughs> Ray something else. That's because that's what... Are we I, thinking of two different Rays? <laughs> Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher. Okay. There we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. And it, hasn't there been some uh, drama with him and Warner Brothers recently, too? Yes. There's been yeah. a lot, right? Where okay. he was unhappy with the the, the cuts and Kinda, yeah. was like, with I should have, yeah, I should have, should have stood up to Josh Wheaton more. Uh, but anyways, uh, Justice League Two. If if Snyder cuts a success, then uh, Justice League Two might be a thing. We'll see. Oh God, my God! Not. Please don't say this. Like, this means that Greg Miller is going to be <laughs> yeah, campaigning like this harder only than ever. In- 
emboldens Greg even more. And I, we can't have that in this universe. No one man should have all that power. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> speaking of HBO Max, we do have a couple little fun things, some reunion specials. Today, the trailer for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion dropped. Uh, it's coming out November 18th. And it looks like a lot of fun, guys. It's just it's the remaining cast all on the set, chilling in the living room, just kind of reminiscing and talking, and like it's just a feel good time. I highly recommend watching the trailer just to just to get the vibes, man. In two minutes, you get hit with all the emotions. Oh. There's the the happiness, there's the nostalgia, and then there's all all the all the, the sad feels and stuff. So cool stuff. Uh, and then another reunion special, friends. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that while plans are still being finalized, the goal is to film the reunion special in the first part of next year. The pandemic delayed that. It was pushed again from a planned August filming date. It kept going and going and going. But now we are looking at March. The show's six stars and HBO Max Brass all want an in-person reunion on the show's former home, Stage 24, on the Warner Brothers lot in Burbank. So a virtual reunion isn't on the table. Uh, Lisa Kudrow told The Hollywood Reporter, we haven't all been in the same room in front of people. I mean, we have privately once many years ago, but that's it. The whole point of this is that they were just hanging out as friends. Oh, okay. Privately. I thought it was some weird private like thing they were doing in front of a crowd. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Like a they bunch just, of like, rich people hired them to reenact their favorite Friends <laughs> episodes. <laughs> Do it right! I feel like they've been trying to work on this uh, reunion for Friends for, like, it feels like years at this point. I'll yeah. believe it when I see it. Dude, I believe it when yeah. I see it. Well, it hasn't been years. It's been since last year, and then the pandemic happened. So it got delayed from August. Really? I feel like I've been hearing about this, like, since, like, 2017. They were trying to hook people into HBO Max by yeah, I think, I think the- promoting it really hard. There's there's always been rumors, or not always, but like yeah, since around that time, there's been rumors of like, we should bring them back, we should have them hang out. Well, I mean, they they but announced the rumors, it when they announced HBO Max. Yeah, they got well. It was just a wasn't it just like a maybe we'll there do were this. there were like mumblings and stuff about before HBO get HBO yeah. Max out of your head. Back in like 2017, like since 2017, there have been like murmurs and shit about uh, a reunion kind of thing for Friends. So we're finally going to get it in 2021. Uh, it seems like HBO Max is kind of just doubling <laughs> down on this whole reunion thing. Um, we'll see if it I, works for them. Is anyone excited for it? Would you guys be excited? Like, I mean, what I'm is? Excited. I'm more excited for the Fresh Prince reunion. It's one of the best sitcoms of all time, right there. That's and I would have said I wasn't excited about the Fresh Prince one, but then I watched the trailer and I'm like, oh shit, this looks really good. So that's like uh, the first thing I watched when I got HBO Max. Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince. Let's go. go. Uh, Mortal Kombat delayed indefinitely. The upcoming Mortal Kombat movie reboot has been delayed indefinitely. According to its producer, uh, it will not be released until theaters have reopened nationwide. It was originally scheduled to launch in March 2021. Uh, Mortal Kombat's producer Todd Garner answered a fan question on Twitter regarding the possibility of some new information about the reboot. And he said, we'd always planned for it and thought we'd do it in March. The pandemic had other plans. We won't have a release date for the movie until theaters reopen. Same for the trailer. Don't expect anything till we can show everything. So, cool. It's one of those things I didn't expect that movie to be that far along. So, Yeah, they finished filming. Yeah, I I guess I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm ready for a Mortal Kombat movie. You I'm know? excited. Really? I'm excited. No. That's shocking I to think, me. I think the fighting will be fun. I don't. I mean, in who knows if there's a plot? I think when the this fighting. movie first started, like it's kind of like the, when the reboot talks first started, and they put out that Mortal Kombat Legacy short on uh, YouTube. 
that was incredible. That was cool. And so it's like, if this is even half that cool, we got something special. I know it's it's went through many iterations since then, but I don't know. Mortal Kombat's dope. Uh, you know what's not dope? Fantastic Beast 3. And we have some weird updates for you. It's really weird oh, updates. Lord. One update that's pretty cool, and one update that's just weird. So uh, shortly after being asked to resign from the upcoming Fantastic Beast 3, Johnny Depp's replacement may already have been found. Mads Mikkelsen is allegedly in early talks to play Grindelwald in the upcoming sequel. According to a report by Deadline, Mikkelsen's apparently director David Yates' top choice to replace Johnny Depp, uh, who was let go from the project recently due to ongoing abuse allegations. See, Mads, Mads, I really like, I could dig that. I could dig that. A very serious, you know, he, he plays roles. He always plays like very serious, straightforward roles. And I feel like that's what, what I, what I want from, uh, Grindelwald. Yeah. I want a more calm, ominous delivery of Grindelwald. Now I feel like Johnny Depp, that's not really Johnny Depp did for the most part give that sort of performance like it wasn't over the top but it was, uh, it, it, but it well, was still kind of johnny deppified i'll say for yeah. sure also just the fact that it was him just kind of took me out of it yeah, like, i mean I that's that yeah, i think that's one like, like, kind Michael of famous Ball. person turning into an even more famous person <laughs> was just really off-putting in that first movie i'll say but do you <laughs> that think was... that like his performance was worth like a lot of money do you guys they think to, that they maybe pay him out for that one scene, right? For whatever he shot already they for Fantastic Beast, he should scene. get paid entirely for. Because although Depp only filmed one scene for the film so far, he will still retain his multi-million dollar salary due to the type of contract he originally signed, which guarantees his pay contract. even if his role was recast. According Ooh, to the Hollywood Reporter, put in there. <laughs> yeah, this contract is called a pay or play deal. Depp will still make his full eight-figure salary. Eight. Eight-figure. Eight-figure. Eight. Uh-huh. So not just multi-million. Like, we're talking tens of millions. Wow. Uh, salary on the movie despite his single scene's worth of work. The Hollywood Reporter explains a pay-or-play contract requires that he be fully compensated whether or not the film is made and even if it's recast. As is common with stars of his level, there was no morality clause in his contract, even though it was amended for each new installment. Technically, Depp was not fired by Warner Brothers but asked to resign. It is unclear what recourse it would have had if the star refused. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a uh, Hollywood's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot of money. You think Mads looks at that? Like, I mean, great. Like the Mads thing isn't for sure, right? It's a rumor right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, you think he looks at that and he's like, "Huh? They didn't offer me that." Oh yeah, there's no fucking way to hell Mads yeah. Mickelson's making ten million dollars plus. That, way. that that's not what I'm saying. I'm not. But it's just one of those things that, like, when you know you're coming in to replace someone, and you, the articles are like he's getting more than eight figures or he's getting eight figures you know to what i mean not like the, do the thing you're gonna do yeah yeah that's that <laughs> he's still getting paid damn that oh hurt. man insane and then uh last two news stories i'm just gonna call this the the vin and rock family matters uh situation a bloodshot sequel has been announced with vin diesel returning oh, why <laughs> did, did anyone see Apparently the first one i saw well. no i didn't i saw the first third of it at which point i was like you know what i'm gonna go to sleep <laughs> and by that I mean I fell asleep watching it I remember so. when that trailer came out and I remember all of you being like oh man this movie's gonna be cool no, the, trailer said it was in- the trailer looked interesting and uh, somehow they spend the it first like third from 
explaining that same thing where it's like, are you kidding? This could have been the first two minutes. It's like, all right, going back to sleep. Did, did you see it, Chastity? I did not see it. No, I don't think we gave it a favorable review on GameSpot, but no, I, I did not see that movie. I'm sorry. Uh, and then movie, Dwayne Johnson I... will produce a reboot of The Scorpion King. Finally. <laughs> He's going to do it right. Uh, reportedly will not return for the lead role. Deadline reports that Universal Pictures will likely get a new actor to play the role given Johnson's busy schedule, but Johnson's passionate enough about the project that he still uh, has a chance to appear in the movie. Cool. Uh, the reboot will take place in modern times and will be written by straight out of Compton writer Jonathan Herman. Quote, the Scorpion King was my very first role ever on the silver screen, and I'm honored and excited to reimagine and deliver this cool mythology to a I, whole new generation, I says The Rock. The Scorpion King has always confused me because I believe many of us saw what The Mummy Returns is where, where we first were introduced to the Scorpion King, which mm-hmm. was a giant scorpion man in the, the like the vein of uh senator right mm-hmm. yeah and then scorpion king the movie came out and it was nothing like like that N- at no point it, it did anyone a, turn a into a scorpion rock. no 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 that was uh the second mummy movie the scorpion oh, king really? was just about a dude that like essentially was like freeing part of Egypt and becoming the king, and he was the Scorpion King. But it, it did. I don't believe it ended with him be, turning into a scorpion or like getting <laughs> cursed. It, I so, never saw any what? mummy movies. Oh, what? Oh, Tim yeah. Tam. Really? They're yeah. very good. Well, oh. I, I haven't one watched and, I, one. One and a half of them is one very and good. Two. Yeah, yeah, two, but like not all two. of two. <laughs> I watched the first one and I was really little, but that's like the last time I can say I ever. I was like four. Legitimately, five it's a it's one. a really good time. Um, d- don't watch three. I I didn't watch three. I, the recasting of Rachel Wise was too much for me. I couldn't handle it. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's enough of that. Let's talk about the Mandalorian, guys. Mando. Very excited about this one. Mandalorian season two, episode three, chapter eleven, the heiress, directed once again by Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, she also directed the Sanctuary, which was episode four of last season one of kevin's least favorite episodes the one yeah. those, those the one with the they were in like the forest planet those villagers were being oh hunted my God, down the dog right? face yeah. people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i enjoyed it uh and I this like is it. the shortest episode of the season so far coming in at 32 minutes uh such as our code everybody let's start with chastity Time what did you think all right Direct sequel. All right. Story progression. Let's go. Tied to the Clone Wars and Rebels. I'm so excited. Great action. Um, I had a really good time watching this. This was a lot of fun. Dug deep into the Mandalorian lore, which is what I <coughs> love the most. Barrett. Uh, yeah. The, I, I tweeted out late last night when I finally <laughs> um, watched it at like 2 in the morning. Um, just that, um, that meme of... Uh, Fuck, I forget his name. Uh, but the chef who's like, finally, some good fucking food. Because uh, that's what this episode was. Um, yeah, I love that. Like well, like we were saying last week, like my prediction of like this week's episode is going to be the one where we see Sasha Banks. Um, I, I love that it ended up being like a direct sequel. We even got like a little bit of like tiny follow-ups of the the frog couple um i i, I don't want to like say like two months until we like really get into they're it they're banging but, it out you know what i mean 
the now, full spoil- this is full spoilers everybody off screen yeah um, uh, yeah i mean but sure but like we know that like that egg got fertilized <laughs> i know that's not what parent was alluding to but i wanted to say it but yeah i, I love that we finally got some answers to uh the mandy mandalore like uh lore stuff because uh i've been really confused this entire show of like all right, at the end of Rebels, like they didn't they didn't seem this tribal, and they still seemed like, like yeah, they were like kind of separated, but it seemed like Bo Katan was going to like bring them all together. Like, so what happened between the end of Rebels and this show, where they all all the Mandalorians seem separated and stuff? And of course, like when they give the answer of he was raised uh, by uh, fucking Death, uh, Watch? Death, Death Watch, Watch? Yeah. I was like, holy fuck. But like, how did that, I not think about that before? Wasn't that, wasn't that um, didn't we kind of know that from when he was rescued and like the logos was, and stuff? It was, it was the, yeah, season finale. Yeah. 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 So it, eight, there, in the mm, flashback. Yeah. It was, I, I mean, I, I thought it was a cool was confirmation for them to actually use the name. And it's like, uh, sorry, just to quickly chime in, like, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Last episode, I was like, man, I really hope it's a continuation and we're getting linear progression because that makes me feel like we're building something and that's exactly what they did and like yes we we like i don't really care about the frog people but it was cool to see one of the little things (laughs) yeah no like cool yeah they got Uh, their their little moment when they see each other at like the the port and And they're like like she's so happy and she's running yeah she was stoked yeah yeah, this to me is a perfect episode of what I, I want most from this show, which is uh, I, now that we understand exactly what the show is, which is a series of side quests where they're getting new missions every episode or every couple episodes to go in a different direction, whatever, meet random people and have that cast kind of grow. We're seeing that in fruition this season. We're now three episodes in, and I think the season has just been impeccably, impeccably paced uh, to like keep me interested and they are dropping so much shit. I didn't expect necessarily to get this many big reveals and big mm. character moments yeah. in episode three of this season. Like yeah. I, uh, Barrett, you're talking about expecting this episode to be the one with Sasha and stuff. Mm-hmm. What I love about this is I don't want to rewatch it now and I don't want to like know too much, but I'm pretty sure we've seen every single thing so far that we saw in the trailer. So like going forward, we don't mm. know shit. We, we don't have stuff yeah. to kind of jump off, which is awesome. Cause uh, seeing seeing Bo-Katan come with the with the homies with Sasha Banks, I just love mm-hmm. all of the action in this. Was like I feel of a higher caliber than what we've seen. Yeah. And this this episode delivered kind of the things I love most about Mandalorian, which is kind of the frog people story that was set up in the last one. They closed it out, but the frog people are homies. We know that. We know that at some point they might come back in a an epic moment to help out Mandalorian. And I'd be all about it as like a fun nod. Right. But in addition to that, what I liked about last episode was having the, you know, the kind of rebellion seeing where they're at, like seeing them in the X wings and they're kind of space cops. Now Mm -hmm. I love that we are seeing the other side of it, of what happened to the empire. There's these factions of Imperial people like that ship seeing inside of the ship, all the stormtroopers and all that stuff. And getting, yeah, it's cool, and I love that Moff Gideon coming back, making his first appearance this season. Like, yeah, this was a the, main plot episode yeah. <laughs> of this show, and it is building in a way where they, they're not holding shit back, and they're not treating the audience as stupid. They're talking about the Darksaber. They're getting into it. They're explaining what that thing was, and there was a story. We might not see Bo-Katan and them for the rest of the season. 
but we saw him this early. I am stoked, and we know where they are going, which is to fucking find the Jedi and it's Ahsoka. What? Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. And, like, and with Ahsoka, like you have to assume Sabina's. Like I think, I think we'll see Bo-Katan again, um, and like those other two Mandalorians. Like I, I don't think they're uh, established characters. The my theory was that Sasso might have been playing um, live action Sabine, but um, I think it was probably for the best that they give uh, Amen. Sasha that um, that role that they gave her. Um, that's, <laughs> and that's all I'll say about it. That's the most polite way I can say about it. Hey, uh, no man, like don't that, force no, someone. Yeah, hmm? no, I'm totally with you, yeah. especially with the show. It's like, I'm all about the fun cameos. Do not make them overstay their welcome. And yeah. shout out to them giving her the moment where she kind of like German suplexes with a jetpack. And I'm like, cool, Sasha <laughs> yeah. can leave now. Cool. Yeah. She did I, something I, dope. I, I feel yeah. like, the, the, real quick, just to talk a little bit about her, her introduction where you see the they, – they've all got their helmets on, right? No, before – yeah, her in the background. I'm sorry, that wasn't her interaction. But like the first time we see her fight, it's very clear. It's like, oh, like this action's cool, and I feel like they utilized that somehow in a good way. Yeah, the, I love the when they all came in the first time. So it was good. dope. Oh, and yes. the music. So oh my god, yes. I love the Into the Spider Verse ass like <laughs> semi like hip hop scratchy like music they got going on for this yeah. badass group and seeing them fight oh, with mind. Mando. They've built up Mando as being this like really rad kind of guy over the last ten episodes of the show. He's got nothing on them, man. And it's like so they're cool. organized. They're a group, man, and they they know how to fight because they've been like they've been do- like Bo-Katan has been around for a fucking while, so she knows her shit. And like just God, it was so hype. And like just shout out. I, I don't want Katie to get Sackhoff? too lost in Louis. Katie Sackhoff, um, yeah. But just like the. Immediately when she shows up and you see the helmet, like I knew, I knew immediately because that that helmet is uh, iconic for her character. Um, but yeah, when he was stuck down there, and like I was oh, fearful yeah. of everything going. Totally, on. I was like oh my god, mm-hmm. like he's gonna die. Baby Yoda has been eaten. Uh, <laughs> I, I have no idea what's happening. And uh, yeah, when when she shows her like when her helmet pops up, I was like, holy fuck, we're doing it. Um, so yeah, really quick, uh, the. Because the next episode, you know, uh, we're going to try to find Ahsoka. Um, I, I'm going to assume. Yeah, I don't, that, I don't think. Yeah, I we'll don't see, think we, yeah. we'll see if it's actually next episode. Yeah. Um, but it's cool that like they closed with that, and it's one of those things where it's like yeah. leaves you being like, oh, next. They week. give you just enough. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Which Story I, I, maybe right, maybe they go. keep on that train like they did from last yep. week to this week. So right. Maybe yep. they do it. I don't know. Yeah, he's been looking for Mandalorian. But really quick, that means that we're probably going to find Sabine as well because at least the last time we saw both of those characters they were going on a journey to find uh, a certain character at the end Wait, of I'm Rebels. Sorry. I don't want to who who is Sabine? I, I don't Sabine is Sabine a character from Star Wars Rebels. Uh she right. was the wielder of the dark saber before she gave it to Bo-Katan and uh the dark saber is kind of like this uh I don't want to get too uh much into like the the backstory for it but like essentially like whoever holds the dark saber it, it's a like this Mandalorian weapon, essentially. Um, like they're supposed to be like representative of like unifying the Mandalorians. Um, so yeah, Bo-Katan had it at the end of Rebels. Sometime between Rebels and this show, Moff Gideon took it from her um, and has split the, the kind of uh, uh, Mandalorian tribes uh, where it's like impossible to rule Mandalore, um, which I think is very interesting. It sounds and so, like they yeah, also may have attacked. Mandal, right? Mandalore. 
Is that the name yeah, of Mandalore. Planet Man? Yeah, yeah Mandalore. Mandalore. Um, might be radioactive. Yeah, and because we might be getting Sabine, like I won't be surprised if we get more uh, Bo-Katan and uh, uh, maybe Sasha Banks. Who knows? Who knows? Whatever. I'm fine with the amount that they were in. And it's cool that they had a crew because like the action was dope in this episode. And I, mm-hmm. I loved that not only have we built up Mandal- uh, the Mandalorian to be a dope ass dude and have his armor and shit. Like they made him look like he didn't know shit, didn't know how to fight at all. But the end of the episode where he kind of is like, I'm the tank of this. And he goes down the hallway like using his best guard armor and then throws the things. I was like, damn, he can work as a team with these guys that he just met. Like. They're they're building a show that we actually care about these damn characters, and this show has finally transcended that it's not the Baby Yoda show. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a, a really key moment for it. That Baby Yoda is now just an element we love of, about this, and not he, the he thing like, keeping us coming back. He was like hardly in it, yeah, you know, yeah. But the you brought this up already, Barrett. Like when the he gets kicked into the the water and then eaten, and Mandalorian gets pushed into that shit was like. Oh my god, I'm I'm feeling something from this. Yeah, like, and like I you can tell that safe, Mando but... even felt something too. Like when he pulls him out, and he's like, it sounded like he might have been crying a little bit. I don't know, maybe he was just out of breath. But it was like a fucking big moment when uh, Sasha Banks comes out with uh, the uh, with Yodelini and like hands uh, hands Yodelina to Mando, and it was just like this moment of like, holy, like. Is he going to be okay once he finds the Jedi he's looking for to give Yodelini up? Like, that's... He's they've been be building sad, that well, but... that relationship between them. And it's going to be... I think that's going to be a big moment. And whatever decision he makes will definitely, um, I think, uh, be a big one for sure. I, I wonder if we ever get... Like, what was his exact mission? Take he's Yodelini quest to, return. to his people, right? Yodelina mm-hmm. to his species, yeah. But it was his species, or did they say to his people? Because I think we're going to figure out that, like, oh, there are no more Yoda people, you know? And then it's yeah, he's going to be like, I guess oh, his people. We, you are, or, like, we are your people. And, then they, like, I think mm-hmm. this show ends with them staying together. I mean, I, 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 I almost guarantee think. that I this know. ends with Yoda, baby Yoda being the Mandalorian. I'm sorry. The titular character. No. What? I'm, I'm think, telling you, man. It's gonna I'm going to be. I'm going to be really full pessimistic armor. here. Picture baby Yoda with yeah. Mandalorian armor. And I that think he never Yodalini, takes off. By the end of the show, Yodalini is dead. That's all I'm saying. No, there's oh no way. God. Like you, you're I, reading again, this show this wrong. This is like a theory because again, we're like, what did the what does the Empire want Yodalini for and all this shit? Like, I think he is attached to something with uh, the Emperor trying to bring himself back to life with the Snoke no, stuff and stuff like that. No, yeah. don't say it. Absolutely. Don't say it. It's the fucking, dude, look at how Disney Star Wars has been structured for the last fucking five years. Don't this worry. is absolutely what they're trying to do. Or at least, like, maybe that's Baby Yoda's original, like, intention. That's what they were trying to use him for, and then they don't end up using it. Oh, but, I like, hope not. But I think uh, that's obviously, like, based on how beloved... Baby Yoda is now. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know if he'll actually die, but I, like I, he's I absolutely like when they're like doing um, experiments on him and like the first season, like they're absolutely like doing some like plan under the Emperor of like in case he dies, we need to do this, this, and this. This creature who has been shown to have regenerative powers and shit like that, like absolutely, he is somehow tied to trying to bring the Emperor back. Okay. I don't know. I like I I'm interested. I, I don't I don't think that we ever like I don't think things are planned out that well. 
And I feel, you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like they've proven that with the movies. No, Disney not planning Star Wars. Well, I've never heard of that shit. Yeah, what? I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like I'm. Sh- I I feel like they greenlit this, and they're like, oh, it's cool. Does it have to connect back to the other stuff? Not really. It'd be cool if it does. Do you guys think we'll ever see uh, Yoda Force Ghost? In this show? In this show. I think there's a better chance we see Luke. Really? Yeah. Sebastian Stan is Luke, guys. Oh, let don't it do that to me, Tim. Don't oh, let it do that happen. to me. Sebastian Stan. It's uh, Kevin. Look at uh, look up young uh, Mark Hamill, and then put uh, put. They do look alike. It's weird how much they look alike. <laughs> um, now here's the question yeah. I have. This is the Wait, Tim I mean, Getty's Star Wars young, nerd right? shit. If we got, I know, but it'd be like Return of the Jedi, like post Return of the yeah, Jedi. Yeah, Return of the Jedi. It would work. So uh, when we see Ahsoka, whenever it is, God, these when she's explaining the Force, when we get the scene where she's explaining the Force and Jedi to Mando, which is gonna happen. Do we hear the Force theme? Like, are they going to treat Ahsoka with like the reverence that they treat Yoda and Luke in the sequel trilogy? Because that'd be fucking cool. Dave Filoni's in charge of the show, absolutely. Like, like she's had those moments in Rebels, Uh, so like, absolutely, like Dave Filoni is not in charge of the show, right? It's still what's his face. Well, he's executive producer. Yeah, 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 it's it's Favreau and they work together very tightly. And we know Dave Filoni is directing one episode of this season, and I guarantee you that will be the episode that she's in. Mm. Yep. I don't know that if we know sense. what episode it is yet, but I'm a look. Uh, <laughs> no, don't leave it a mystery. Um, okay, I won't fuck mysteries. I'll, I'll look, really, but I won't say anything. <laughs> really quick, I just want to shout out the um, just like little moments uh, when they're coming in really fast into the planet. I was scared for everything. Um, I was scared for the eggs because the eggs couldn't like had something with the. Remember they were talking about last episode of uh, it, try not to go too fast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Real quick, it's one of these things. This this frog woman needs to figure out how to use it as a backpack. It's got the straps. Literally, just put it on. <laughs> Stop leaving it places. You got a little monster that's eating them. Also, one. Egg I was hatched? so afraid he was going to eat the baby. Yeah, I know. I know. And yeah, when Mando dropped baby, him off so to the afraid. frog I like, people, I was like, <laughs> dude, you know what he's doing to these eggs. This is a terrible yeah. idea. So, like, everybody last week who was like, uh, baby Yoda's a terrible child, blah, 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 blah. No, this is Mando's fault because he is, like, <laughs> yep. letting Yodalini get away with this kind yep. of shit. God Bad damn dad. it. He is uh, a bad dad. He tries but like, that. yeah, one, one out of these hatch that that's not a good yield. You know what I mean? Like they they that's all they can. needed though. I don't know. They just wanted one man. I I looked up the directors and it's yeah, interesting. I just looked it, it up tells too. a story. It tells a real clear <laughs> story. Ooh, what's up? Well, yeah. now you gotta tell us. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So episode the next episode, which is t- chapter twelve, directed by Carl Weathers. So I have a feeling that'll be mm-hmm. the episode that we, we see the return of Gina Carano and Carl Weathers' Carl character, Weathers. <laughs> which I forget is his name. Well, it, uh, weren't they at the very beginning of the first grief. episode? Yeah. yeah. The first uh, – the, the season. They were right? in the trailer. Were they not yeah, in the beginning w- of the first uh, – the, the Yeah, season? they were no. – that, that Wait, they shot were of them in the trailer I thought was at like the very beginning of the first episode. We haven't seen the, the shot of them where they're like in some kind of ship yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. I imagine that's next episode. Yeah. Because then episode five is directed by Dave Filoni. Mm. That could be it. 
I think that's it. And then, yeah, what, what, this what is what's most interesting is episode seven is directed once again by Rick uh, Famuyiwa, yeah. who's done a couple episodes last season. Mm-hmm. The dope, he did the dope, the, some really dope plot-based yeah. episodes. That leaves episodes six and eight that are both TBA. That's I like this guy. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, mm. You think George Luke could come back to drugs? No. <laughs> <laughs> he sucked. Anyways. Um, wait, real quick. Uh, did I lose it? Here is what I would really, really like. This next episode steps away from the Mando and just goes with uh, Carl Weathers. And, um, and we just get... Now we get Please a little don't bit give more me story. An entire episode of G- just Gina Carano as a main character. I mean, she Please doesn't have to talk; just have her fight. You know what I mean? It's not just her acting. Her as a person too it just annoys me. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't know. I like that for them use that as an excuse to kind of be like, "Hey, this is what." Uh... Oh, Esposito. What's his name? Come on, you know. Oh, John Carlo. Yeah, I'm not talking. Moff, Moff Gideon. Gideon. Yeah, yeah, Moff, Moff Gideon. Gideon. Give us more of Moff Gideon and see where they were at. Mm. What's going on on that side? Because I would like to see more. Oh, like to kind of like go back to like the end of season one right. and see like what's mm-hmm. happened to them since yep. then. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be yeah. cool. That, that could work. Yeah, A plot, B plot with Moff Gideon and Grief and. I think that'd be cool. That way, uh, they also. I love that we're here talking about that as an option because, like, I, I just feel like that is where the season is right now, where that totally yeah. could happen, and we'd yeah. be like, "All right, cool. This was this is a good episode." Oh man, um, that works. There's some uh, there's some other qu- quick moments. Who were the two Imperial officers when they were trying to take over the ship? Um, mm-hmm. uh, there was the Imperial officer in the main uh, like uh, cabin thing or uh, the 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 one where they were piloting the other two. Uh, the the two old old white guys. Uh, yeah, the one who like killed the two pilots, and then mm-hmm. there was the one in the cargo bay. The one that killed the two pilots was is Titus Welliver. Uh, mm-hmm. He's known for his lead role in Amazon's Bosch, as well as recurring Nick roles in Sons him. of Anarchy. He's the man the, in black from Lost. Yes, the Good <laughs> Wife, Deadwood, Agents of Shield. Oh, gotcha. And then uh, the two dudes in the that are actually like the pilots. They are both from uh, Agents of Shield as well. Oh, I didn't recognize them. The, the the there's the other old white dude in the cargo bay that also looked familiar, but I couldn't quite uh, couldn't quite pick it up. But I, I love that cargo bay uh, moment where oh yeah, um, where he's like, <laughs> you locked him in where the cargo controls, and then immediately they get sucked out. I was yeah. like, oh, this is so <laughs> good. This is so like this episode good. really felt like some good um, uh, Star Wars Rebels uh, yeah. vibes for sure, and I I, I fucking love it. Sure. Fun action too. Seeing the Mandalorians fight using like their um, jetpacks and stuff. Ooh, it was so cool. Yeah. yeah, very cool stuff. But it, real quick question: When Mando runs in there, you know, like uh, with the bombs, why not just run in there, guns blazing? Wouldn't the armor do the same job of protecting him? And he could just take. There was like four people he had to shoot. Well, no, there's like there's like a good like seven or eight of them when they're like was all. It? Oh yeah, it was like a, it was a good. I can see they were like behind a door, but there was at least four. I, I we got saw that, the four shot of the, of them, the yeah. heat. Yeah, there there was, was a good there was a good chunk of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think he was trying to make sure like the explosives didn't get shot because like the, his quickest way to get a deal with them was to blow them up. So yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, one thing I, I also liked was that uh that repurposed Adat 
that they made into a crane. Oh yes, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, and that it's funny. Really, really cool. Cool. I I wanted to actually bring that up because like my whole entire <laughs> life, every time we drive by Oakland. We see yes. the giant cranes, and it's always like, oh, those are AT-ATs in my mind. And now, mm. to see them being actually <laughs> used as cranes, I was like, wow, this is wild. I love it. <laughs> Didn't we see great. this before in Solo a little bit in the beginning? Maybe, but that movie sucks. Nobody talked Maybe. about it, you know? I forgot. <sighs> yeah. This was just so blatant it's, and in my face. At, yeah. least, at least Solo is more fun than Rogue One, you know what I'm saying? Uh, no. Lord. No one That's knows what you're saying. Nonsense. We're going to leave this episode of screencast we'll be back next hold week on hold continuing. on before before you end it there tim you uh unfortunately cut out at the end of last episode and i, I want to do a segment every week the best baby yoda moment episode oh, okay, one good. we have yoda on the speeder bike just vibing mm. episode oh, yeah. two we have yoda eating the eggs just like throughout the entire episode Delicious. episode three i've got a couple of ones and you guys can throw uh any out there that uh, you might have picked up on i have yoda trying to eat the chowder and like the little yeah, squid thing coming out that was with really that was um yoda being sad about leaving his little frog friend at the end when mando picks he was him up definitely not sad about leaving him he was sad about not being able to eat him <laughs> but like <laughs> mando was like i can't have any more pets which i thought was funny like yeah. in mando's mind he's thinking like yoda uh, yoda's like i want to keep him as a friend but uh, yeah he wants to eat him um and then uh the other one i have is the the laugh at the very end when that like really creepy squid thing like when the ship oh, is fixed yeah. and it almost kills him fucked up yeah and it like is about to jump on uh uh yodalini and like mando grabs it and he has like this adorable little baby laugh at the end um Aww. and then he uh eats it like right after my what favorite baby yoda moment this whole mo- this episode was after he gets kicked into the death trap and uh gets saved when he's getting pulled out of the thing and he's just kind of like he just looks frazzled <laughs> yeah you know as he's given yeah, yeah, to yeah. mandalorian that would have been Poor that's baby. my moment okay okay I'm going to put that then because, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. All right. Well, that is uh, this week's best Baby Yoda moment. There you go. All right. I love you guys. We are going to see you next week for a kind of funny screencast where we will continue reviewing The Mandalorian as the season continues. Hopefully it keeps up this quality. Let us know in the comments below what you thought about this thrilling episode. Uh, Chastity, where could people find you? Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Chastity underscore V. And find me on youtube.com slash GameSpotUniverse where I'm breaking out all the Easter eggs every week. So one and two are up now. Three will be up later today. Hell yes. Go do that. And until next time, adios.